Hey, hello everyone. This is Steve Barsh from Dream Adventures, bringing you another episode of Dream It Live. These now focused on these challenging times. Today, we're going to have a great guest, Duncan Davison from Bullpen Capital, who's with us from Atherton, California, I think somewhere in California. Is that correct, Duncan? Yes, in the Bay Area, near Palo Alto. Today, we're here to talk about best practices, particularly around the CARES Act and how startups can get funding coming into their startup more quickly. We know so many startups right now that are really focused on how do they extend their runway. So we wanted to talk with Duncan today. We'll have a conversation and give you some ideas about what is the CARES Act? What's it all about? What funding can you get? What could you expect? Or what are some of the tricks and traps? Let's dive in. Duncan, just quickly, can you let people know who are you? Just a, a one minute, like who is Duncan Davidson? What have you done? What are you doing these days? Love to know a little bit more about you. The most relevant thing is I had four startups. Two of them went public during the dot-com bubble. Right. For those who don't know how different it was, one of my companies I started in October 96, Venture Money July 97, goes public mm-hmm. October 98. Wow. It raises $2.2 billion in a series of junk bonds. And in February 2000, it's worth $9 billion. That was fun. I had a second <laughs> startup that I took public October 99 at the peak of the bubble. Right. For those in New York, I got to go to the final Yankee game when they won the World Series. Yeah. It was a reward for going public. Right. And that also ticked up near eight, nine billion dollar market cap. And the right. speed with which you go from startup to some kind of crazy IPO was stunning. It's not like that anymore. I went right. to a big venture fund after that. I did two other startups in between and helped with some other friends to start bullpen capital back in around 2010, 2011. And and what's bullpen capital? I know you're working with Paul Martino there, good friend, super guy in the Philly. I'm from I'm in the Philly area right now. I know he is too. What's bullpen capital all about? Well, it's really Paul's idea. I give him a lot of credit for thinking this through. We figured out there was a niche in the world of venture where naturally contrarian investors. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do something different than everybody else. And the niche we call post seed. It's the round after the last seed, but before the big A. Got it's it. a very interesting area to be in. Some people think of it as a small A round, but we're really the very end of the seed system. Okay. And it's a very good place to be. We love being in the spot right. uh, in the food chain. Cool. And B2B and B2C, correct, is your is your experience yes. of bullpen? Yes. Very Perfect. cool. Oh. Most of the funds is about 50-50. It's right. recently gone way toward B2B, which is kind of interesting. Right. But usually and, and we don't care. Mm-hmm. Educational background? What, what, what's your knowledge base coming from? Well, I was a software guy back when software meant Fortran and BASIC and things mm-hmm. nobody remembers anymore. Right? Very cool. Uh, I went to law school to become a technology lawyer and did that for about four or five years. Wait, wait, and, so you were a lawyer and wait, hold on, sorry to interrupt you. And where did you go to law school? I went undergrad at Brown Law School at Michigan. Michigan, there we go. There we go. I don't know if Dustin has that graphic, but yes, go blue. I went to Michigan also. But anyway, okay. So I went to Michigan. So you're also trained as a lawyer, four years in law and a venture capitalist and entrepreneur. Um, It's an awesome background. Let's let's pivot into what I think people want to hear us talk about. But I just wanted people to understand the knowledge base that you're coming from. I won't go into my background. It's on my LinkedIn profile and stuff. And it's not worth going into now. So anyway, let's let's talk about it. So we have the CARES Act in front of us, this $2 trillion uh, um, money fund to come in to help the United States recover. And there's about, what, $377 billion with a B set aside 
for small businesses. Is that correct? What, and what is a small business? What does this mean? There's one sliver of what we're seeing in front of us in small business. What is small business within the CARES Act? Let's pull up a second. The CARES yeah. Act is a bridge loan, a bridge loan for the whole economy. Okay. And they're trying to get it in our hands as quickly as possible. I think the act is $349 billion for small business, but who's counting at that level? Right, there right. is by far more than enough bridge loan type of money for almost every startup out there to get through the hoops to get the money. There's a lot of people worried about this, trying to go to the Small Business Administration, trying to get in line. They think it's a government. It's like the DMV. I got to mm-hmm. stand in line. I'll never get the money. Don't do that. Chill out. Relax. Okay. Yeah. Don't rush. It'll be right. there for you. So right. we can get into why. I just want people just to just calm down a little bit and prepare for this, but don't have to rush to the door to get it. It's not going to run out of money. Okay. I guess, though, it's interesting to use the term bridge loan because I know when we talk to startups and entrepreneurs that we work with in all the different verticals that we operate, people are like, well, I'm raising a bridge loan. And, you know, that classic question I'm sure you ask it also, a bridge to where? Like, where's it going to lead you to? So I guess where some of the rush is, is there's a lot of startups, they're, they're tight on runway, they're not going to meet their revenue numbers, they're worried about laying off team members, and, you know, is it a bridge and, and where does it get me to and when does it start? When do I get to step on the bridge and when can I step back off? But I guess we'll, we'll explore those ideas. So can you help us break down, like, who is going to be entitled to these funds? Is it all startups, venture startups, restaurants that are getting crushed? Who's entitled? Well, it's basically all small business, which is the definition they came up with, what, 70, 80 years ago. There's right. a bunch of categories. Most of them seem quite irrelevant. But the simplest way to say it is 500 employees or fewer. And okay. by employees, they mean employees. They're not counting contractors and gig workers and all that. Okay. So that covers most startups. Now, if you happen to be a restaurant Having to be in the mm-hmm. food business, what they call Category 72, there are very sweet rules for you. But for most people, you have to go through the normal rules, not the sweet rules. Okay. So if it's small businesses, 500 employees or less, gig workers, contractors don't count. There are full-time employees, FTEs. Who would be disqualified that might be watching or listening today that says, oh, cool, I'm good? Like At a general level, and we're going to drill into this, but any big buckets of companies that still seem like they, they think like, oh, that sounds like me, that, but might be disqualified. I'd have to put it this way. It takes a little bit of understanding. Okay. Normally, venture-backed companies don't go to the small business place for loans. Right. There was a big reason why not. They'd ask for a personal guarantee. Who wants to do that? They a just PG, weren't designed right? for fast-growing startups at all. Mm-hmm. So we, have, we as an industry, we, the venture industry, have not really tested the SBA. So they got rid of the personal guarantee rule. So that made it a lot better. And they still have the so-called affiliation rules, which I'm sure we'll talk about. If we get past the affiliation rules, almost everybody can qualify for this. Okay. So basically understanding what affiliation means, and I have some late-breaking information from the NVCA, the National Venture Capital Association, Mm -hmm. which we can also go into. But as a starting point, everybody on this call probably should assume You'll find a way to qualify if you just are patient and let them work out some of the glitches in the process. When you say patient, could you give us a time frame? Is that patient hours, days, weeks, months? Well, I'm going to dive deep into look behind the curtain. The way this program works, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. The way this program works, you don't go to the SBA. 
you don't file online. You don't do anything like that. In fact, if you try to file for a normal SBA loan, you may disqualify yourself. So don't do it. Okay. You go to your bank. You go to your bank. Most mm-hmm. companies have a banking relationship. Bank accounts are there. Payroll gets sucked out of it and all that. That's right. who you go to. Most banks are banks that can handle this. The bank will give you the loan. And in mm-hmm. the background, the SBA guarantees it. That's Got how it. the process works. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And what you do to qualify, the qualifications for the loan you want. The loan you want is some kind of payroll protection plan loan. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. an awesome loan because it gets forgiven or it might get forgiven and it turns into a grant. Let me explain that to you. You get the loan, 4% interest, not a big deal. And it might get forgiven. You don't have to pay it back. No more interest. When has the government ever given you free money? This is free money if you get it. So keep that in mind. You have to qualify to get it and you got to qualify to get forgiven but mm-hmm. they're trying to give you this money. They want you to stay in business. They want to protect the employees. Uh, Steve, if I go back to this whole idea of a bridge loan, what they're yeah. worried about is economy goes way down. Mm-hmm. We bounce, but then you got to hire everybody back. The supply chain's all screwed up. It takes time and friction, slow mm-hmm. bounce. They right. want everybody to stay in place, stay employed. Um, and so when the market bounces and the economy bounces, you can just crank back up again. That's the concept. So they want to give you this loan with the intention, if you don't downsize your employees, it turns into a grant. Got it. Got it. So is that a key thing? Like one of the things that I want to make sure we hit this a few times, things I shouldn't be doing. Like, oh, you would have been fine if only you didn't do this. Like if you're about to lay off, you know, 10% of your workforce at your startup, are you saying don't do that? Because if you do, you're going to screw up your ability to get this money. Okay. Great question. Mm-hmm. Let me answer it the way we've been advising our companies. Mm-hmm. So what happened about three weeks ago is we as a fund hunkered down and said, we've got to get every one of our companies into what I call default alive. Default mm-hmm. alive. Right. You have to find a way to get through this chasm, the COVID mm-hmm. chasm, and get to the other side. Mm-hmm. So we asked them all, give us a plan on your current money you can last 18 months and get to break even or at least survive for 18 months. Mm-hmm. Put aside all the assumptions you made about how fast you have to grow and what the venture industry wants to see. Right now, they only want to see survival. Right. So survive, and when you come mm-hmm. out of it, then we'll rethink how you raise your next round. Okay, most companies to do that have to downsize right now. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a theory on how to downsize, but here's the good news from the point of view of this bridge loan. The way they measure whether you get forgiveness of the loan is in the two months after you get it, maybe a month or now they give you the loan. Mm -hmm. The next two months, they look at your average employees. Right. If you don't decrease them, you can keep the loan. It turns into a grant. So it's possible to downsize right now. Right. Hire people back and still mm-hmm. get to the point at the end of the two months you get forgiven. Because they're looking at the average is what you're saying. Okay. Got exactly. it. Got it. 
Okay. So um, we've talked about, let me just kind of keep breaking this down. A couple questions I wrote in advance just to kind of think this through. So who could be entitled to these companies less than about 500 people? We'll get into affiliation in a little bit. What could you be entitled to? What's the, you know, you're saying it's a loan, it's a it converts into a grant. What's the maximum amount if I'm a startup that I could possibly be entitled to? And then how is that measured? The, you know, how much could I get? If you're of, a big free startup, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a big startup, 10 million. Okay. What's, what is a so big they, startup? What's that mean? How do I know if I'm a well, big startup? Well, let me tell you how they measure it. They yep. look at your payroll expense. Now, in the case of payroll, they look at both 1099 and employees. Okay, so now contractors are included. Yes. So they okay. look at your total payroll, including all the benefits and everything, and they look mm-hmm. across a baseline. And there's two different baselines. You can look at the at what they say in there. But in effect... What did you guys do a year ago? What was your baseline payroll? Mm-hmm. And they'll let you borrow two and a half times your monthly payroll. Now, right. there's some adjustment. This is a government. It's not that easy, but it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. You have to cap. Each individual gets paid more than 100000 at 100000 Okay. Got it. People below that just roll right in, but above it is capped at 100000 And contractor is same thing. If you paid a 1099 worker more than 100K, cap it at 100K. So Got you it. adjust down to those numbers. To that upper limit. Okay. Got that's it. baseline. And you get two and a half times your monthly baseline. Time over a 10. And what was the 10 week period? It was two and a half months. I two thought. And months, 10 weeks. Two and a half months. Two Got and a half months. Got it. Got it. Two okay. Point, just literally 2.5 times your monthly average payroll from a period a year ago. Got it. So in a sense, correct me if I'm wrong, am I summarizing correctly? It's a two and a half month bridge. You get a, it's a yeah. lifeline for two and a half months of your average payroll, right? It's a way of thinking That's about correct. it. That's correct. Got it. Now, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Now here's the other, here's the comp. Again, it's never as simple as it sounds. So just listen to me. Yeah. To get the baseline. You look at payroll adjusting down to hundred K max per person mm-hmm. to see forgiveness. Do we maintain employees? They look at headcount. So the baseline is payroll, but the two months after you get the loan, the average is average headcount. So a year ago, you had 50 employees and 1099, Mm -hmm. 50. If during the two months you average 50, you might start Mm -hmm. off with 20 and go up, but you average 50, 100% forgiveness. Turns into Turns into a grant. Okay, and then let, let's back up on that again. Again, because there's so much going on here. I just want to make sure we've unpacked it correctly. So, you know, when we talk about these, are these loans or grants, they're all starting as loans. None of them are. They don't start as grants. They start as loans. And just to review, um, I could get up to $10 million from a really big startup. Um, it's a lot of money. Um, it's basically two and a half months. It's 10 weeks of cash for running at my average payroll. It starts as a loan. The loan is 4%. The other thing about the loan is it is not guaranteed. There's no PG. There's no personal guarantee. For people that are watching, if you don't know what a personal guarantee, I've signed one of those once or twice for some other companies around as an entrepreneur. It sucks when you sign those. You're basically saying, oh, by the way, I pledged my house, my collateral, and if I can't make payment on the loan, you can come seize my assets. It's not a pretty place to be. That's not what's going on here. There's no personal guarantee that the founders, venture capitalists, VCs, investors, nobody's signing a PG here, which is great. It's 4%. And if you do all these great things after that period of time, it turns into a grant, which means I don't need to repay it. I don't earn interest. Nothing. Is that correct? It's like you now, it turns into free money. That's right. And there's always a government nuance. If it turns out 
your average headcount drops in the two months after, mm-hmm. you don't get it completely unforgiven. There's a proportional downward. And they also catch you if you keep headcount high but drop salary. Some cases, ah. that doesn't count. There's adjustments. Got they it. really want you to maintain your headcount at least two months after you have the loan. Mm-hmm. They really want you to do it because that's mm-hmm. when we think the economy is going to bounce and you'll want to keep all the employees on after that. Got it, Duncan. Just a, a, This is totally your opinion that I'm looking for. And we're going to go back to questions. But do you think this is just the beginning? Meaning a lot of people have said, and I've talked to a couple of entrepreneurs and investors who've said $2 trillion. This is just the beginning of the bailout. I've heard people throw out numbers, six, eight, $10 trillion to restart this economy. Do you think this ecosystem, the startup ecosystem, maybe venture-backed startups, is going to see even more than this coming in, or is this it? I know it's just an opinion well, and a guess, but I think when they throw out numbers like six trillion, they're including the Federal Reserve, which is a- acting in a different end of the food chain. Mm-hmm. There might be another bill like this. I think Trump is now talking about a two trillion infrastructure bill, mm-hmm. um, but that's a different animal. I think from the point of view of we tell our companies, this is it. This is the gift from the gods on high. If you qualify, take it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Just some other terms. This is more like vernacular and getting terms out there. There's terms like forgivable loans or covered loans. These are completely different. If anybody who's watching today or is watching on a recast has heard of like SBA loans, that type of thing. Like you said, this is not, do not go to the SBA website. Don't go look, how do I apply at the SBA website? It's not an SBA loan. It's not a covered loan. This is you go to your bank and they're eligible to put you through this program. Is that all correct? That's a good way of thinking of it. What I'm saying is don't apply to the SBA. Go to your bank. If you fall into the wrong loan structure, you're not going to be happy. Got so it. just Wait for the bank to say we're ready for business. They'll probably contact you and go to the bank. Treasury Secretary Munchen wants the program to start on Friday. Friday as in this Friday, April the 3rd, I guess, is this Friday, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. On the other hand, the banks in the background, this is like listening in on calls between Goldman Sachs and their brethren, calls that nobody should bother listening into. (laughs) It's too arcane. Okay. They're worried that there's $350 billion they're going to have to lend out with government yep. guarantees. Mm-hmm. But to the government banking authorities, it looks like a bank loan. And they're right. worried that it might affect other issues in the banking system, like bank solvency rules and all that. So they're negotiating in the background for the proper regulatory authorities to give them a waiver or at least some guidance on what this means. So. Munchen might want to be ready on Friday. Maybe the banking system is still negotiating and it might take a few more weeks. Don't know. The word this morning was a lot of optimism, but Mm. sometimes that doesn't go to immediate action. I'm just telling you, be patient. Be patient. When they get this sorted out, then go. But should I be reaching out? Like, let's, you know, a bank. So many people, and it's not that they sponsor or show anything, but Silicon Valley Bank, right? Like, when we think about that, and I know you have a lot of friends there. Is that the kind of like, should I be reaching out now just saying, hey, as soon as you have word on this, I want to get started. But you're saying they don't even, the Silicon Valley banks or Chase, whoever, you know, if I use Wells Fargo for my checking account for my my venture back startup, whoever I use, do I reach out to my relationship person now and say, hey, I want to be in line. Tell me when I'm ready. 
Well, SVB, I love SVB. I know people- Silicon, Val- Silicon Valley Bank, right? Silicon yep. Valley Bank. I think over yep. half our companies apply for venture debt. Right. And a, more of them bank with SVB. It's very good to the startup community. Mm-hmm. Um, and if those who haven't noticed, they just did a three-month uh, delay of paying down principal and SVB loans, a very good act on their part. Yeah. They're trying to help too. I saw that. They had the press release, be, I think, this morning. Yeah. Yes. They will be one of the banks- but you can imagine everybody in their venture fund and their mother and their brother and their, have all asked SVB, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They're just overwhelmed. So right. don't ask them. Just relax. Right. They have right. a seminar tomorrow, a webinar that people can mm-hmm. they get noticed can sign into to explain all this. Mm-hmm. But I just think relax. Don't, don't rush to the door. Not the DMV. The lines won't be really long. The government run, won't run out of money. Munchen even said if the 349 gets used up, he'll find more. Okay. So they're not going to run out of money for you. Just Got it. don't overwhelm the system. Let the system get ready for you. But I think, you know, it's the, the problem is it's not hoarding, but it's like people worried about running out of toilet paper, right? It's not, you know, try to relax. I'm trying to relax, but I'm trying to meet payroll, right? I'm, try, I'm just thinking, I'm putting myself in, I'm just trying to empathize and put my stand in, my, stand in the shoes of a founder right now who's sitting there looking at payroll, looking at revenue being down, looking at the time click ticking up against their, you know, when they run out of cash till they can get their next round. And the rush is like, I want to get that money. I'm trying to be patient, but I'm worried. So I I can feel the pressure. Um, And we hear it in some of our founders who say, I want to just make sure I can get to the other side. So I want to make sure I'm in line um, and holding my place. I'm not worried they're going to run out of money. I'm going to worry I'm going to run out of money before I get to their money. (laughs) I got it. Let me comment on that. I actually don't expect the money will show up for four to six weeks, just the process and time and the negotiating. So wait, let so me just restate that. Money. So what, money in my bank account, so I'm a startup, I'm at Silicon Valley yeah. Bank, I'm not going to see money in my account for your saying probably till, call it mid-June? Wait, all the way through, mid-May, excuse me, let me not scare people. So mid-May, maybe, that I'd see this cash. Yes, I get this from listening in on the bank calls, and they may be overly pessimistic, and they may be negotiating. But for planning purposes, assume this magic money doesn't show up until mid-May. Okay. Uh, just because the time, it'll take time with a million small businesses knocking on a thousand banks. You do mm-hmm. the math. That's a lot of time to process a lot of people. Right. So you've got to go from here to there. Mm-hmm. What we've recommended to every one of our companies is. Come up with your default alive plan. Mm -hmm. You undoubtedly will have to downsize right now to get through this chasm. Mm -hmm. The most, most of the venture funds are telling their companies, not us, but most of them are saying, uh, just lay the people off. The government Mm -hmm. has really good benefits, extended unemployment, $600 a week. They're going to take care of people. So you can make that decision um, for your employees. Here's what we have recommended. Mm-hmm. We think it's the most clever and humane way to do it. Mm-hmm. We put them into furlough. We continue okay. to pay their medical. Right. In effect, they're on a leave of absence. And under stock option rules, most stock option plans will say they're still you vesting. can be on leave of absence for 90 days and still mm-hmm. vest. That is clever. And the point where you got to decide to exercise your options now put off for six months, mm-hmm. the right. 90 days, another 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're still vesting stock and we pay your medical because if you get sick with a coronavirus, 
you want to be covered by medical more than anything else if you're one of sure. the bad cases. All right. right. The furlough means you can be hired back very quickly. So the theory of the case is you put them on furlough. You save the company from going under. If the magic money comes in, we do apply, we do qualify, we get it. Then we can ramp the company back up again using this new loan. Got it. No, that's clever. That's clever. Okay, so um, let's go through some other things. So what are some size terms and maybe limitations of these? Well, I was going to call them SBA loans, but they're not. They're CARES Act loans from my bank. They're not from the SBA. Again, size, terms, any limitations? We've talked about some of this. Maximum size is $10 million. What if I'm a smaller startup? How, do, how, did that, how does that get gauged? Let's say I'm 10, 15, 10 to 15 people. I've raised a few million dollars in outside capital. I'm doing $1 or $2 million a year ARR. Like what, what could I be thinking about that I'd qualify for? Well, your, your payroll may be somewhere around 100000 a month. You get two fifty. Got it. And again, this right, is the adjusted months. payroll, adjusted right. payroll. Right. You peak everybody at 100 k if they're above 100 k You can mm-hmm. throw in 1099 if you have them. Mm-hmm. It's adjusted payroll. So you might get 250 out of it. Got it. So it's basically, it's all like you said, it's going to be based on my payroll times two and a half months on an average basis. Um, okay. And then limits, we know it's 4% interest, and but that could be forgiven if, if it gets turned into a grant. We talked all about that. Um, what else? Uh, so what do startups need to do to qualify? And what if they already laid off people? So like, let's say, see, one of the problems would be this just got enacted, Mnuchin, and people are talking behind the scenes. You're on calls with banks and those calls must be riveting. I'm just kidding. But anyway, no, I'm sure they're very, I'm sure they're interesting. And I know, you know, Paul talks about you're an SEC kind of trained attorney, but it's got to be. I'm sure it's really, really interesting. But so, you know, what if I already laid off people two weeks ago? I went into my disaster plan. You know, I think Paul, um, not your Paul, but Paul from Y Combinator was, you know, how can you be a cockroach? So I went right into cockroach mode and I like started laying off everybody. Am I screwed or now I have that kind of almost employee averaging going on? So just to come back to it, what do I need to do to qualify? And what if I've already laid off people or cut salaries? Well, first of all, read the rules on what the baseline is. If you're really new, I think the baseline is the first six weeks of this year, January 1 to February 15. That's your baseline of um, headcount. Right, for that kind of test, okay? Mm -hmm. Headcount test. And then the baseline for most companies goes back, I think it's March to June, a year ago. Mm-hmm. That's your baseline. So okay. That's your baseline they'll compare against after you get the loan to see if you kept headcount averaging the right amount. Now, point is, if you hire back to the level your headcount was during that mm-hmm. reference period, 100% forgiveness. Again, with mm-hmm. some adjustments, some adjustments in there, but you'll get 80, 90, 100% forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So if you've already gone cockroach and laid people off mm-hmm. and you get the loan, you, you could treat it like a loan. 4% interest is not going to kill you. Right. But the right. purpose of the loan is to give you an incentive to hire back up to your reference average so it gets forgiven. You know, I want to talk about affiliation rules, right? That's the big, seems like the really big sticking point that everybody is talking about. Could you help us understand what are affiliation rules? Why should I care? How does this impact, you know, if I've got VC funding, this kind of, I think it's around the 500 person limit starts to kick in. Could you help us understand that, Duncan? I'll try. It's arcane stuff that even a legally trained mind says, this is why I left the practice of law. (laughs) I don't want to have to deal with this crap. 
Okay. <laughs> I think I think originally, remember the FC, SBA rules are old. I mean, old from the sense of a modern economy, right. 50s, 60s. Uh, I think the reason for them was private equity firms or conglomerates scared them that you could mm -hmm. create a bunch of little companies and cheat the system. Right. From the venture point of view, they're just annoying because they don't fit our way of thinking. So mm -hmm. the basic test, I don't want to go through all of it. It's kind of like the narrow rules and the broad rules. But the first right. test is, do the investors have control of the company? Mm-hmm. If they do, you may have a hard time getting past affiliation rules. Got it. So uh, control is defined. This is what I love about the government, the SBA, and these arcane rules. Mm -hmm. The control is defined as can the investors block a quorum of the board? Okay. <laughs> I need to pull out my share purchase agreement and my board of directors. Again. Exactly. Yeah. A simple version, I'd put it this way. A lot of companies have a three-person board, two common, one investor, or mm -hmm. a five-person board, two common, one independent, two investors. Right. In both cases, the common slash independent has majority control of the board. Right. So the test would be, can those three out of the five hold a board meeting if the investors go, we're not coming? Right. That means you can do a quorum and you can vote. Got it. But especially, effectively, it means that the board have control by the investors or the board have control by the independents and the managers. Right. So first rule, if the investors do not control the board, you pass the first hoop. Okay. Now, a lot of venture later stage will not get past this hoop. I was going to say, it almost seems like Series B and above, I'm, I'm kind of getting stuck. Yeah, exactly. you get one of these big boards for a lot of happy investors, you probably don't pass the test. Okay. But pre-seed, seed, post-seed, most series A, you still have right. control by the investors, I'm sorry, by the managers and their independents, not the mm -hmm. investors. First you get past that, and then you get into the really deep Merck. Okay. That's the easy rule. Okay. Can you help us understand the deep a little bit? The second part of the test, mm -hmm. once you get past this calling a quorum or not, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The second part of the test is, do the investors have effective control, even if they don't control the board? Mm -hmm. And they're looking really at protective provisions in your preferred stock agreement. Those you have those things. Right. And there's a, the, the NBCA is doing a great job here. And they had a couple law firms come up with an analysis of these type of control provisions mm -hmm. are bad and these are okay. And, and we'll put a link, by the way, in the description so people want to, I know the, the four-pager we were, I think we were emailing about it last night. It's a very good document, yeah. It's a very good document. Like all legal documents, it says, we don't quite know. Right. <laughs> it right. doesn't okay. say, here is the clear path to go through between, you know, a rock and a hard place. But right. instead right. it says, these are the weighted both ways. Mm -hmm. Now, I've looked through that with some of my companies in mind, and I can see a path through. Mm-hmm. So there may be a path through for a lot of companies. Um, right. A lot of the provisions which are okay are protective provisions and normal docs, like you can't increase the number of shares without the shareholder approval. Well, right. that turns out to be okay. Right. Okay. Right. Things like that. Um, you can't sell the company without us approving. Well, that's okay. Right. So they right. try to distinguish between interfering with day-to-day -day operations mm -hmm. and interfering with the big, big operations. Big okay. strategic moves. 
All right. So, but for today's purpose, we don't need to go there. I'll tell you right. why. Mm-hmm. The NVCA has been lobbying vigorously to get a waiver on these affiliation rules. All right. And, you know, fingers crossed. Sometimes lobbyists do work. Right. They are making progress, they said this morning. Now, and this, this is like being, no, just Justin Field and Associates, right, at the NVCA, yeah. I think is the one. Yeah. If you've Sharp read down. his latest missive on this, he said, mm-hmm. we're making progress. Doesn't mean he's got it, but he's trying to get clear either a complete waiver of this mm-hmm. or a much brighter line between when you have control and when you don't. Under of affiliation rules, specifically. That's what On affiliation about. rules. Because okay. if the problem with the affiliation rules, just for people who want to get into the legal crap, is if a venture fund is considered... Wait, every, control, everybody everybody just dropped off the stream. I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> we want to get into the legal yeah, okay. Affiliation means if the big investor, your venture fund or a group of funds, has effective control, mm-hmm. then the number of employees you have include all their other companies. Got it. So instead of you being a 30-person firm, you're actually part of this enormous conglomerate of evil people... That's 3,000 people. We can't give you the money. Okay. Now, kind of, I did it on purpose. It's kind of absurd. The whole, the whole NVCA is thinking this stuff makes absolutely no sense. Venture funds don't think, well, we have a conglomerate or Koretsu of all these companies, and we're just kind right. of dividing it up to fool the government. That's not how people think in the venture world. Yeah. Got it. So let's just for uh, just to I want to do a little recap there. Keep asking some questions and then I'm gonna, we'll go into audience questions. I just want to, for some people that might be like standing on the edge of a cliff as a, as a startup and a founder concerned, let's talk about people that sh- probably shouldn't at all be concerned about affiliation issues. And hopefully Justin and associate the NBC, at the NVCA National Venture Capital Association in Washington are going to helpfully get this, make this all go away anyway. You know, if I've raised a friends and family round, if I've raised a seed round, if I've raised an angel round, and all I've done is a safe note or some simple kind of convertible note. I probably don't need to worry about any of this. I'm going to qualify. Is that correct? Most likely. Most likely. I, I will okay. say most likely because even some cap converts and safe notes have started putting protective provisions in. They've Got evolved it. into a big, ugly document. But the two-page, okay. three-page simple note, you're not even a shareholder. You're correct. not on the right. board. You have no right. control at all. You just want your right. money back, right? So, right. Yeah. Maybe you have material information rights, but that's about it, right? They won't even get that. Yeah. Right? You have information rights. You probably have the best shot of getting the money, if that's true. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me keep going. Affiliation rules. We talked about that. We talked about things like high net worths, family offices, depending on where we got it. Um, all right. So, and then what's the what's the role, if any, of a, in a venture fund in getting these loans? Is, is my VC going to be involved if I have to go to the bank? So now I'm, I'm not going to the SBA. I'm going to my bank. I'm, I'm emailing people at the right time at Silicon Valley Bank or Chase or Wells Fargo or wherever it may bank or TD. Um, is my VC involved in this at all if I'm venture-backed? Well, yes, but mostly as an information clearinghouse of listening to the NVCA and coordinating with both SVB and with – you get my point. We Got are it. not directly – going to get you your loan, but mm-hmm. we're going to help advise you because we, we're seeing this across dozens and dozens of companies, mm-hmm. and we're trying to give everybody advice and avoid every single company having to learn all by themselves. Okay. Well, what we'll probably advise you to do are four things. Okay. Number mm-hmm. one, be patient. <laughs> mm-hmm. Number two, come up with your default alive plan and execute on it because you can't assume the loan will come in. 
Right. Number three, if you have venture debt, talk to that lender. Mm-hmm. If it's SVB, they're your bank too. If it's somebody like WTI or some of the other lenders, talk to them. Right. They will have to be they will have to be involved because you're getting another loan and they have certain rights. Right. So make sure they're aware of this ahead of time. The final thing is prepare, go read the rules, not mm-hmm. the stupid affiliation rules. Go read right. the qualification rules, the baseline rules, the headcount, mm-hmm. forgiveness, right. and then do the math. Mm-hmm. Be prepared with this is my payroll. This I've done the hundred thousand cap. This is ten ninety nine. These are employees. Here's my headcount level. Here's the reference period. Be prepared mm-hmm. to walk into your bank with that. Make it okay. easy for them. Right. Okay. And we'll put a link again in the descriptions. We'll, we'll repost this, um, and we'll put links in if people are wondering, you know, where I can get this information because there's some some really well done infographics and documents that that kind of lay this out, and make this pretty straightforward and straightforward to apply. Okay. So we talked about venture funds, and of course, I don't think any venture fund is is going to get in the way, right? Because they're very aligned, right? They don't want the company going under. They want to get this kind of quote unquote free money, the four percent interest on it. That eventually becomes a grant. If it's originally a loan, it becomes a grant. You know, a venture investor is going to say that's terrific. Um, it doesn't dilute them down, and it helps extend the company. So, you know, quote unquote, free money is a really good thing. All right. Um, I was going to ask how to apply. We hit that. Well, um, that'll probably come up in the questions again. We talked about that. And uh, the other question, Duncan, is your thoughts. Where can startups? And we're going to get into questions in a minute. Where can startups get? news and updates on all of this? Where do you think are the best, some of the best sources of information? Is it SBA? Is it, is it the NVCA? Where do you think, you know, where are you getting your information from? Where should they be looking at? Well, when this all started, I had four different law firms. I got on their lists. I talked to several banks. There are two accounting firms. So I kind of went around to a circle of groups that are all trying to worry this thing through. I think if you have venture investors, most of them have done the same process and they'll have some font of information that that you can talk to to get everything at some point you'll do it yourself but what i have found the most useful information the nvca because they're lobbying to change affiliation is Mm -hmm. the most up to speed on what's going on that's the best source of information i find some of the accounting firms and some of the law firms that surround venture have done really good reports Mm-hmm. So you can see what they're talking about too. I think Cooley, because they're involved with NVCA, has put out the, the a blog. Law, and the law firm, right? Cooley, the law firm. Mm-hmm. They put out some really good stuff on this too. Now, so has Fenwick and Gunderson, everybody else. But mm-hmm. uh, I think Cooley is that because they're working with NVCA, it's also the second best font of information for this. Okay. So I don't have the link in front of me, but you can find a link to a blog they have, and they have a resource center and all that. Right. Okay. And I think okay. Dustin flashed it up for a minute. We'll put the links in. Okay. So we're going to get to questions. We have about 20. We'll, we'll try to huff through them really, really quickly. I think some of these may have already been asked. I started to scan them in the background, but we'll just bring them up one at a time. And here we go. So the first question that came up, it said, realistically, how long do you think until I would have the money? Kind of reminds me of that movie. I can't remember. Show me the money. We kind of talked about this, but you know, let's call it it's April 1st. Tomorrow it's April Fool's Day. When do you think I would have money if I'm a startup? Is it that mid-May? Yeah, mid-May. Mid-May. You okay. might get it that, earlier. I just I just think plan on May 15th. Got it. Got it. Okay. That was our first question. Next question, I'll just keep reading them in. Um, if I only took friends that we kind of answered this. If I already took friends and family or angel funding, do affiliation rules apply or issues apply? 
Well, unlikely, because they're unlikely to control the company or have the VC-style protective provisions. Got it. Uh, next question is, who is my best source of advice? Should I be turning to my investors, attorneys, accountants? Uh, any ideas? Well, in the end, it'll be the banks. So just so everybody's clear, yeah, the, there's a bunch of banks, probably over a thousand, that are qualified to handle SBA loans. The SBA mm -hmm. guarantees they handle the loan. They also have to be FDIC-insured banks. So you probably are banking with one of those banks. They're right. going to be the ones to go through your application. So to some mm -hmm. extent, they are, at the end, both your friend and your best source of information. Before okay. that, go back to the NVCA docs, go back to the Cooley stuff, talk to your accounting firm. Problem is, um, you have to become a lawyer to really understand some of this stuff. Right, but I think you'll get. I think from your outside law firm, if it's involved with venture capital companies, they will mm -hmm. also teach themselves to advise you. Okay, and to a lesser extent, your accounting firm. So start with the bank, then go to the law firm, then go to the accounting firm. Okay, sounds good. Okay, next question. It's already up. Um, what should I not do at this point to maximize my chances of getting funding? We kind of talked about who qualified. Is there something like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. That was a record scratch. You had it and you, you snapped cash from the, you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Is there anything I shouldn't do right now that you could think of? Well, don't apply to the SBA for a normal loan. Got it. Some of these programs you can duplicate with this payroll protection plan, the free money, mm -hmm. but some you can't. Mm -hmm. So whatever you do, the first thing the bank may ask you, have you applied for another SBA loan? Do you have another SBA loan? You say, yes, you're out. So don't do it. Okay. I think that's the clearest rule I can think of. The second thing is some people might want to play lawyer and find a way to negotiate a change in the legal docs to find a way through. Don't right. do that. Let them right. negotiate down into a simpler set of, don't, don't, who, just relax. Who's, don't do who's that. they? You said let them, they negotiate down. Who's they, the, the NVCA lobbying to the treasury and the banks lobbying with the treasury, everybody and their mother lobbying the treasury to get this thing to work. That's who they are. They are a collection of people all trying to make this work. Well, everybody and their mother. I don't know who your mother, my mother is not lobbying on my behalf. <laughs> That's a different story. Okay. Um, I'm about next. Okay. Chance of funding. Next question that came up. When do you think the next big update is? going to be on all this. You were kind of talking about, you know, the Justin Field and NVCA and they're active and it's like, this is almost happening daily. Any any expectation on the next update? Because maybe we'll do another show, another episode when there's another big update. Any expectations? Well, if Munchen is correct, he's trying to get the program to start on this Friday, mm -hmm. there'll be some sort of update by this Friday. Okay. And if the NVCA's optimism is warranted, who knows, where they think they've mm -hmm. made a lot of progress. They should have an update, if not tomorrow, um, by Friday. Okay. So by the end of this week, there should be a big update. Okay. End of this week is probably safe. And again, I'm telling everybody, don't sit in the edge of your chair about this. Right. Take care of your company. Make sure you go default alive. Take all those steps. Mm -hmm. We talked about a way you can take those steps and still qualify and still be able to get forgiveness. Right. But just take the steps assuming no money. And then if the money comes, then you can restructure your company, take advantage of it. Got it. But by the way, I have just a question I'm going to ask. I was talking to Paul Martino the other day. 
He told me that you actually read the CARES Act cover to cover. Is that, is that true? Did you read the whole monster thing? I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd try it. <laughs> no, okay, no, wait, wait. <laughs> I've not read it all the way through, but I have read the relevant provisions here. And, and Paul told me you read it like three times. Because <laughs> like, even Paul was like, oh my gosh, how did he do that? I really understand some of it, but I've read parts of it more than once. Oh my and God. I know. Let's go to audience questions. Okay. Um, what types of payments, next question, what, type, uh, what types of payments are eligible for loan forgiveness? For example, rent, payroll, like everything, nothing, or just payroll? Money can be used for anything. Mm -hmm. It's a loan. It's money. You can Got use it. it for anything. Got it. I would say there's only one big exception to what I've been saying, which is cannabis. <laughs> cannabis companies do not qualify, and they probably don't want you to go smoke weed after you do this. But no, it's intended to be general purpose money. Got the, it. The forgiveness test is you maintain mm -hmm. payroll, right. maintain headcount, right? That's the forgiveness test. But they're not telling you you can only spend it on payroll. Got you can it. Spend it whatever you want. So payroll okay. is my forgiveness test. Payroll is my measurement of how much money I'm entitled to. But once I yes. get the cash, I can spend it on whatever I want. And it's, is it true that dispensaries in California are still open or are they actually closed? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Okay. Okay. So that it's answers essential. that. You got to be, you got to understand that's called an essential service in California. So yes. there you go. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Uh, getting through it. Um, should startups, and this may have been, okay. Should startups look to specific types of lenders to get loans from the program, normal banks. It sounds like you just go back to your bank that you're already banking with. Yeah, if you're, you can ask your bank ahead of time, are you an SBI approved bank? Are you FDIC insured? If they go, yes, yes. Then you ask them, you're gonna participate in this program. Now, mm -hmm. they get fees for doing the program. Ah, okay. Let's understand this isn't free to them. They're not ah. giving something away free. Okay, so the they're making money a loan origination fee. So they're giving them an incentive in the background to take care of you. Okay. So I think almost every bank will do it. Let's say I was with a smaller bank, you know, my local regional bank in Philadelphia, and they're like, I don't do this. Could I go to a bank that I have no relationship for and say, with and say, I want to do a loan with you? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, probably. I'm sure SVB would open its door for you. Okay. So probably could. Probably. Okay. Also, I okay. assume all the big dogs, Chase, J.P. Morgan, sure. B of A, are all going to be doing this. So okay. if you're in a big dog, go talk to them. Okay, cool. Um, next question. I, I think we may have answered this, but they're just in the queue, so we'll just keep going through. What happens if funds are used accidentally for non-approved purposes? I, I can't think of a, of a non-approved purpose that you'd use the funds for because you're saying I use it for whatever I want. Once well, I think so. There may be stuff in the rules because, again, you start falling into SBA land with weird bureaucratic nonsense. So I don't know. There may be stuff in the rules you got to watch out for. But we are telling we're just advising our companies spend it on what you're going to spend it on anyway. It's like you're like venture money. I mean, okay. you can't go off and you're not going to go to Cabo right now. You probably can't even fly there for one thing. <laughs> right. That's not what you use it for. You have to use it for got your it. business. It's got to be for a business purpose. It's got to okay. be proof, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And it's question. not venture people that'll crucify you. Your bank will crucify you. Right. If you give you the loan, you don't treat it like real money. Okay, cool. We're about a third of the way through the questions. We appreciate all of your time and everybody who's tuned in. Let me go back up and make sure I'm on the right question. Next question. 
is from Emery Caritas, if I pronounce that correctly, should venture-backed startups who qualify under the affiliation rules apply for PPP or EIDL or both or and why? Okay, PPE, EIDL. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Explain to me what those mean. You're beyond me, I, my knowledge. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to look them up myself. And we could come back. And by the way, if that was asked in like LinkedIn, I don't know what that is. I'm happy okay, to. Okay, I the think I know what they're getting. Question. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what they're getting at. There are multiple programs that mm-hmm. apply, but I. If she's referring to PPE, it's a payroll protection expenditure, which is what this program is. Got it. Just apply to that. There's some okay. other things, like you get a tax rebate uh, for payroll, and there's another program the SBA has. No, I think this is either or for those programs. Again, if I get if I understand what IDL means, I could look it up on Google while we're talking. Yeah, I was just looking at it. PPP, Triple P, pay, Paycheck Protection Program, kind of what you're saying, and EIDL is the Economic Injury and Disaster Loans. So the, the Triple P is up to two and a half months of payroll costs, is what you were talking about, with a maximum of $10 million. The economic injury disaster loans, the IDL, up to $12 million based on actual economic injury determined by the SBA. So, um, yeah. So that's what those I'm not familiar with that program, so I can't comment. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Avi Avi Lichtenstein asks, what about startups that have half the team overseas? Ah, good question. Can they still get a loan for the whole company or just the U.S. entity? It almost sounds like the cruise line issue. Sorry, I won't bring that up. It's a very interesting international issue but anyway so let me just read it again so i don't distract us no i get the issue i'm so glad this question was asked yeah it's a great question thank you asking it this applies to americans yeah okay only u.s only u.s payroll yes okay there you go payroll got it okay cool i i don't know if you know on the cruise lines the carnivals and the royal caribbeans you know that you know they're all we're we're a Bermuda entity. We're from Liberia. Great, you've been paying one percent tax. Go have Bermuda value out of the situation. That's probably not what's going to happen, but it's kind of interesting. Anyway, it's a different situation. But anyway, okay. Next question is from Bruce Woodry. Um, how does this affect companies with payrolls that began in January 2020 without 2019 payroll history? Now you'd said something about the test being January. Yes, there's two two test periods. Yeah, Bruce, test period. I think is the first six weeks of this year. Okay. And it, it pro- the way they do it, I think you have to be in existence by February 15 or you can't qualify. Maybe February I should have mentioned that. 2020. 2020. Got it. Okay. So if you're really new, you don't, you have nothing to protect, right? Right. So if you start like on January 15, I think they look at the average over the first six weeks. It's only four weeks. That in a way is good for you. It's a low average. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. Next question. Thanks, Bruce. The next question is from Ben Brown. Ben asks, what will the process to have the loan forgiven or turn into a grant? Will the bank manage the process or the SBA or behind door number three? So again, what will the process be to have the loan forgiven or turn into a grant? Do you know? I think the intention is the bank does it. Okay. It's your bank you're supposed to be banking through anyway. Mm -hmm. So... I think the bank takes care of that, but I don't know. Actually, this is a very okay. good question. I don't know the specific procedure because you're now dealing with headcount numbers and not dollars, and so a different test for forgiveness. Okay, okay I'm gonna just I'm making some notes in our 
spreadsheets of some things we'll look up and post in the comment section, depending on what platform, if that came in from LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, um, we'll post back the answer to those in a little bit more detail, so not a problem. Okay, next question where we have about six more to go. And again, appreciate you staying on so long with us today. Avril Him Hillman asks, whew, it's long. Um, what about, I don't, can you read it? I don't know if you can read that on the screen. I'm just gonna read it from my sheet. What about startups by sole entrepreneurs who would have had employees working on commission with projected revenue, but no previous record of revenue. Can we get a loan off projected revenue? I think I know the answer. And can one get a loan based on owner, founder, salary? Ooh, interesting. I'll the answer to the first is no. The answer to the second is up to 100 grand. Okay. Per there you go. Right. It's payroll. It's not revenue. It's not what you think your your revenue payroll. may have been. It is strictly a payroll test capped at one hundred thousand dollars per employee, or did you say contractor or not contractor? Ten ninety nine is also ten ninety nine up to hundred k, and I okay. think the in the weirdness of how federal governments do stuff, they'll include your benefits but not your federal payroll taxes. <laughs> That's a double dip, I guess. Okay, you also you read the fine print when you do the calculation. It's something there's some kind of little nuance at the top of what is payroll. Okay. All right. Here, let's they keep don't going. Want to fund your taxes and pay themselves back, right? Yeah, I know. I was just thinking it's just a funnel of cash. It's kind of cool. Exactly. Like a fountain and the, and the cat and the water just keeps recirculating. Okay. John Corky asks, what's available for founders and employees not taking a salary yet working for equity? I think I know the answer. Can we still take advantage of this? I know well, I'm gonna let you answer. No. I think I know. Drop the hammer. <laughs> no, your baseline is if your baseline is zero, your baseline is zero. Okay. By the way, here's another. I'll, I'll ask a derivative of that. I'm thinking of all the variations of entrepreneur, all the startups where okay, I'm not really taking salary, but I just take dividends out sometimes when I can get some cash out of my LLC. I'm not even set up as a C corp yet. Same type of thing. This is payroll, correct? That is the test. Payroll or payroll. 1099? Yes. Payroll or right? Or if I was being I, 1099. Yeah. yeah, things that have a receipt that goes to the government taxing authority. Okay, what if I always used Expensify and I was being repaid my, I'm just kidding. All right, okay, next question from Michael Goodman asks, are the loans only based on payroll expenses or can a company apply for a greater amount? I'll let you hit it. Payroll, with the payroll. cap at 100K, yeah. Capital company to 100K and something about benefits and 1099, okay. Um, Kieran Miller asks, can we use the money to expand hiring and still get loan forgiveness? That's brilliant. If you meet okay. the headcount rules. The Kieran head count Miller, you got a brilliant from Paul. You I'm can sorry. go above the headcount and get forgiveness right. of 100%, right? Okay. All right, good question, Kieran. Okay, Daniel Turner asks, hey, Daniel, I know Daniel. Dan, we have three more to go. Um, Daniel Turner asks if we're actively working on a government contract, an SBIR grant, and it's a Wednesday and the moon's in the fourth quarter. No, if we're actively working on a government grant, an S a government contract, an SBIR grant, and the contracts provide some funding for salary, not 100%, would this disqualify us or limit us for qualifying in any way? Okay, my headphone blew up in the middle of that, but okay. I got something about SBIRs. Why don't you give me the full story again? Sure, give it to you again. So if we're actively working on a government contract, an SBIR grant, and the contracts provide some funding for salary, not 100%, would this disqualify us or limit us for qualifying in any way? That is above my level. Okay. I, will say, I will say the following for SBIR yeah. people. 
The yeah. DOD has got its own program. Oh, wow. I don't okay. have all the details, but they're putting out uh, also tons of money in a variety of cases uh, for people. And it's more like you get more SBIR money, grants, as opposed mm -hmm. to this payroll protection plan. So if you're already involved with the DOD, the three initial agencies, go find out about their program. It's pretty awesome. And they're very aggressive trying to find people that can comply with what they're looking for. Okay, great. So look for the DOD program as well. Okay, uh, last two questions we have. Uh, James Hutchinson asks, are you eligible if you are a sole founder with no employees yet, yet and you're paying yourself not through payroll, but disbursements? I think I know the answer. <laughs> Look, I think those type of edge cases, you might have to get a really good discussion going with your bank and maybe they'll find a way. But I, the yeah. way the thing is structured, you fall out of what they're trying to do here. So yeah. I guess my, my general answer is if you have an edge case like that, go talk to a lawyer who's an expert in this crap instead of me. Uh, okay. they, they may be able to find a way. But just okay. appreciate SBA rules are designed to avoid gainsmanship right. by their rules. Right. So, they're kind of designed to prevent this type of things from happening. Not right. to and they want and they want you to retain your payroll, retain your employees, right? That's what it's looking to do. Yeah. Don't lay people off if you're right. the founder. You know, are you you know you're not laying yourself off, so to say. But okay, last question, then we'll do some wrap up. Um, what about the so Greg Duffy asks, what about the disaster loan assistance from the SBA? I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you read this one three times. Should we not apply for that until we finalize our CARES Act? application disaster loan assistance well this sounds like the same thing you asked me about three four questions ago i don't yeah. know about that other program to go to answer Sorry. okay okay no problem all right that is all of our questions duncan a couple things just one one other ask if if there's a big update can we do this again with you for next week i don't know if people chime in on the questions in the comments i don't know if they want us to do it again if there's a big update maybe we could do it again and there's an attorney or two we could try to bring in and, and have a whole panel discussion if that might work yeah, for you. Look, I would feel I'm happy to come back. I think it'd be yes. great as the update. We get an NVCA personal lawyer and a banker. Right. right. I know you were trying today, but they're yeah. waiting until it gets clear. When it gets clear, right. you bring them on and I'll be uh, okay. in the audience because I want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> Okay, cool. All right, really appreciate it. Uh, let's just wrap up. Duncan Davidson, thanks so much from Bullpen Capital on the West Coast. Great VC firm, good friends with Duncan and Paul Martino, who's on the East Coast. They're a great, you know, good, as your, your, your late seed kind of stage investor, terrific B2B and B2C. Duncan, thanks for spending time with us, everybody. Thanks for watching, and please make sure to catch future episodes. Thanks so much. Take care from Philly.